Welcome to the Indie Matters Podcast, where we talk about the issues that matter most to Nevada. I'm John Ralston, editor of the Nevada Independent. A special treat on this podcast, we're going to play our entire Indie Talks interview with the mayor of Reno, Hillary Sheevy. Uh, I've known Hillary Sheevy now for uh, more than a decade, long before... Uh, uh, running for office was even a thought uh, in, in her head. Indeed, if I suggested when we first met that she would someday uh, be uh, the mayor of Reno, uh, she would have laughed at me. Who's laughing now, Madam Mayor? <laughs> now, most of you in this room know of her remarkable life story, how she reinvented herself after an aborted skating career to become a self-made woman in business and a community leader, council member, and mayor. Her Honor and I have a bond, though, that you may not know about, and few people know about. We share an experience uh, that changed our lives. Both Hillary and I are kidney transplant recipients. I got one from my brother, and she got one from her sister, and uh, uh, that bonded us a long time ago. And I think that we should give a round of applause to your sister and my brother. <laughs> but that's about, that's about where the similarities end, I have to tell you. <laughs> After all, she is so... <laughs> Nice. I mean, she's nice. And I'm, well, not always. Her boundless optimism about everything never ceases to amaze me. It's not an act either, which is really, really annoying. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to a candid conversation tonight with the mayor of Reno, Hillary Sheevy. Please welcome her up here. Just how you wrote it, huh? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now you said I get to ask questions first. You do? You're right. Oh, you have a question first? Don't you think I should be able to get some questions out of him? Oh, God, oh, God. Right? Look at these people, they're like. So she's already learned the art of the filibuster. This one is not as naive as I thought. <laughs> do you have a question? Okay, so I do. I have, a, I have a couple of questions. Okay. So my first question is, I, I hear a lot in circles that you're this really left or you're really right? Do you want to put on the record what party you are? What do you guys think? <clears throat> right? Do you hear that? I'm a registered nonpartisan. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So we're both fakers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I want to know is what has been the biggest disappointment uh, about starting the indie, besides Adam Laxalt refusing to give you interviews. <laughs> that has not been a disappointment at all. Uh, uh, the biggest, the biggest disappointment is that again, and I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll refer back to what I did, said earlier. I never got much sleep. I thought I'd be able to get more sleep now, right? You know, really? doing a TV show and writing a column and doing everything else. I used, to, I, I get no sleep. Well, yeah, because you've become an entrepreneur. You're building this big business. Not only are you the editor and janitor. Yes, exactly. Right? I do everything. Yeah, yeah, and worry every day. You know about right? you know that Making people payroll. work. Yeah, people work for me. Who have you know uh, mortgages and the rest of it. So yeah, the stress level has has gone up a lot. So uh, that that's why I and, and I've. I miss my interviewing chops, and so that's why I decided to get a willing victim uh, here tonight. And I appreciate I appreciate your coming. Are you done? Are you done with the questions now? Are Jeez. You Are you done? I think they should ask you a question. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so let's let's let's. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Ready. Okay. So 
You, you recently did an interview on uh, KNPR, the NPR station uh, down in Southern Nevada, and this, this is what you said. You said, politicians have a hard time looking at themselves, and you have to do that. So you've been in politics now for about five years or so. Uh, what do you see when you look at yourself? Not good <laughs> after that introduction. No, we're just kidding. You know, well, what did I, you mean by that? And talk about what you what you what you do okay, well, when you look at yourself. I what do you see? So I guess what I mean is that um, I it's hard for me to see myself as a politician because, like you talked about, um, if someone would have asked me one day, did you ever think you'd be the mayor? I mean, the other day my sister and I are walking down the street, and she looks at me and she goes, Hillary, and she like kind of you know pinches at me and she goes, Oh my God, you're the mayor! <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her and I said. Oh my God, I am. <laughs> and, and so sometimes it's really hard to believe. But what I think in politics that we, we really miss is that so often ego gets in the way and um, just agendas get in the way. And I think being real and being very down to earth, it's something that I, I always want to be able to connect um, and really not forget who I am. So I think that. <laughs> I mean, even if you look at, look at Twitter streams, they're, they're so scripted, they're so boxed, I think, by politicians when you look at them. Um, so I just, it's something that I, I feel like the other thing is they don't apologize. And I think when you're wrong, you need to say you're wrong. And people are much more, I think, forgiving when you come out and you say, I messed up, right? So that's what I meant by that. Have you done that? Oh, sure, I'm human. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm probably um, my, you know, I'm hard on myself. I'm really hard on myself. I'm always thinking, how could we have done this better? Or, I mean, I really strive to, I mean, I love this city and I want it to be the best it can be. And um, one of the things I had to do is I had to get off social media, except for I do Twitter because, well, when you had 140 characters, there's not so much damage that you can really go through. But it's 280 now, so you well, do twice right. as much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I was telling a friend the other day, I said, I, and and I tell people this story a lot, that I never knew how fat, ugly, and stupid I was till I got on Facebook, right? Hmm. <laughs> and so um, I think that, uh, and and you know, I, I'm I'm not immune to those things that people say, and so. Um, my first year in politics was very rough. You have to get very tough. You have to have that tough skin to sort of take a lot of the criticism. And you have to really believe in your heart of hearts that what you're doing is right. And so, um, so I did. I got off Facebook, and that's been um, very beneficial uh, to saving part of my life, I think. But again, I mean, you know, it's hard when when people attack you. It's it's just not easy. So I guess it, you know, I'm pretty sensitive, but I'm I'm getting better. Uh, you, you're very proud uh, of being born and raised uh, in Reno. And do you ever think about how the city has changed uh, since you were born here, and, and 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 how different it is now? What's what's good and what's not? It's incredibly different. How many of you were born and raised here? Nice. Okay, so all of you that raised your hands, who remembers Hash Lane? Hash Lane, right? Right? Um, and it, Will you tell it, the foreigners okay, what, what, what this is, please? <laughs> so Hash Lane is now, what is it? McCarran. 
right? And it just used to be this um, two-lane street and it had these huge trees. Do you remember these big trees? And I also remember when Lakeside ended right there at Lake, at Lake Ridge, remember that, right? So I've, I've really seen um, the transformation and I'm so incredibly proud of, of the city. Obviously, I'm very biased, um, but it, it's a huge transformation. And I think today the energy is so different and we have so many people rooting for Reno. That's the major difference. Right, so. What, what changed that? What, what made people suddenly start rooting for Reno? Well, I think there are a few things. One, one of those things is, um, you gotta remember, we were highest uh, in foreclosures and unemployment and, and um, during the recession, next to Florida, right? So we really did hit rock bottom. A lot of people left the area, a lot of people lost their jobs. And so I think um, coming from that, and we really are sort of that, that city that sort of, I think I can, I think I can, you know, um, it just reminds me of sort of, we, we really are um, very good at having this sort of comeback story. I think we always have been, as long as I've lived here. Um, but now more than ever, I think people really are rooting for Reno and it's really different. Now, when I, when I went to Conference of Mayors the first time, they would say, oh, where are you from? And I'd say, Reno, and they'd say, oh, you're the Reno 911 mayor. <laughs> and I was like, ugh, <laughs> that's not sitting well. But now when I go, they're like, oh, the Tesla mayor, or you know, they, they're constantly saying, hey, I'm, I'm reading about Reno all the time. What are you guys doing? And I get asked that question constantly. But I also think it really is an energy. It's something that you feel. Um, I met with uh, some really big um, investors. They're investors of the arts. Um, and they, they came into Reno yesterday and they said, I don't know what it is about this place, but it's, it's got this feel to it that we've never, we've never seen before in a city. But Reno just kept coming up on our radar over and over again. And so we just sort of are like this magnet. There's, there's a lot to be proud of, but I still think we have an incredible quality of life. One of the best backyard playgrounds I think a city could ever ask for. Um, but I think for me, truly, it's the people. Um, people that move here and, and all of you that are transplants, would you not say people in Reno are just nice? Aren't they just nice? Raise your hand, they're nice, right? Right? So that's one thing, we know hospitality. Real nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can tell you some not, not so nice story. Never mind. We'll do that. We'll do that a different night. Um, I, was jo I was joking a, a little earlier about your optimism and, and, and this niceness. And, and, but you, you clearly have uh, um, you've had some frustrations. And, and you've you, you thought you understood government maybe as a businesswoman. And, and, and you had some frustrations with government. It's part of the reasons. Uh, that, that you decided to run, you, you were very active in, in Midtown, and, and, and you wanted to run for that reason, uh, too. But uh, do you still do you still think that government can solve most of the problems? No, no. I, I've I've learned I've learned a lot. I mean, I was very naive, certainly, whenever I I got into office. Um, I thought everything would be really easy to fix, and I think that's one thing that. Um, when when people sort of make that transition into politics that it's not as easy as you might think and I also think 
that we have to do things differently. We have to think outside the box. We have to be innovative. Times are changing. I mean, look at what social media has done for our society. I mean, just everything and innovation, technology, those things that um, make it make it different. So, I would like for government to be more innovative. I still think that they, you know, for me, I'm not a big policy wonk. Um, that that's I. I get very frustrated by, by policy. So I, I just feel that sometimes that we get in our own way. We certainly get in give, our give own Give an way. example. I mean, you say be more innovative. I mean, people who come from business always use that cliche, I want government to run more like a business. But you're, you're not really saying that. You're saying something different. No, because um, I think, uh, here's the thing. I think it's a culture. And it's got to be a culture of yes. Because what I see a lot is the culture of no. People that have been in government for a long time, staff that have been there for a long time, um, for instance, one of the reasons why I got so involved is I wanted to move my sign two feet and the city wanted to charge me $5,000 and immediately it was no, 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 no. So, and, and I see that a lot. And I'll work with staff and I'll say, you know, if, if, it, if it is no, we should say it in, within five minutes. You know, I see where a lot of times they'll sort of him and ha and they'll push it off, push it off. Well, when you're doing that, it costs business a lot of money, a lot of headache. And so I think we have to really get to a culture of yes, and how are we going to do things that can streamline the process? I just um, created a mayor's task force on, on housing. And so I think, and, and that's all about working with our planning department, working with the business department. Um, looking at things differently and questioning them. Well, why? 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 And you better give me a better reason. I, I want a better reason um, of, of why you can instead of why you can't. And that was part of what you, I think when you ran, you said you were going to change the culture. You hope to change the culture. But that's a difficult culture to change. It's probably harder than you thought it was going to be. It is. It, it is. But I will tell you this. One of the things I, I have to say is that uh, I work with some really dedicated people that have been with the city for a long time that, um, you know, it made me think a, a little bit differently and I just, I mean, they give, they give their all. There's a lot of people that do, but then there's a lot of people that too are checked out, right? They're just sort of showing up and, and that can be, um, it can be challenging. And not to mention, I, I don't know if people understand the structure of the mayor's role. Um, a lot of people, they do think that um, I have a magic wand, which I wish I did. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, we just can't. People, I think, have this perception that I can walk into a department and say, okay, you're fired or you're gone or whatever. Um, we, it's, it doesn't work like that. We're, we're a weak form of mayor government. We have a very strong city manager form of government. And that can be sort of challenging. And then, um, and then you have open meeting law. And people will say, well, why didn't you call me? And I'm saying, well, you can only talk to one other person, or otherwise you're, you're breaking open meeting law. And so um, I think there's some challenges to to. Are you saying you want to get rid goes. of the open meeting law? Is that, what you, <laughs> is that what you're suggesting here? No, but I think you, know, um, you, you end up with walking quorums or things like that, and, and you really want to pay attention to those things. But um, at the same time, you know, you'll have board members say, well, why didn't you? Why didn't you tell me that or voice that concern? And, and they, I don't think they understand the magnitude of open meeting law. You, you can't just go and have a, a conversation. So. Uh, so 
making downtown more vibrant has been been your focus. Uh, there's this business improvement district. There was some actually some activity on that today. Uh, uh, is is how is that changing Reno? So there's over a thousand BIDs um, in the country right now, and they are business improvement districts, and they have become very successful. And a lot of downtowns are implementing them. And I, I am fortunate; I get to work with a lot of mayors, and so I get a lot of feedback on what's working and what isn't working. And I think now more than ever, downtowns are, are extremely compromised with homeless, um, drug addiction. Um, there's some really, really big challenges. And this, is, this isn't just in Reno, this is all over the country. Um, if you talk to any mayor, they'll say, I haven't found that si silver bullet yet. But I think looking at what is working in other cities, and we went to visit Sacramento, um, is a business improvement district. And, um, you know, city, our downtowns are, are interesting because I always sort of describe them as their cities inside cities, right? They have bigger challenges than other parts of of the city, but one of the things that they will do is um, is we will be bringing in ambassadors into the downtown, and they're much they're like social workers actually, and they deal with um, you know this population that struggles with mental illness, drug addiction, homelessness, and now more than ever we have to pay attention to that because it really does affect us. So so it's really exciting actually to see today we. Um, formalize the, the BID, which is huge. This is something we've been working on for two years. I'm really, really proud of it. And all the businesses really got together and said, hey, we want to make downtown better. Um, and so, like I said, it's been successful in other cities. And I do think this will change the face of downtown. And I think you know, now more than ever, we want a downtown that we're really proud of. We just did the master plan, which hasn't been done in 20 years. And it was the top priority in the city to see a revitalized downtown. And as you know, I, I worked um, you know, with revitalizing Midtown, um, but this has been a little more challenging. And so we really needed everyone to come together and that's what we, we formed is this incredible private and public partnership between the city and the business owners downtown. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really proud of it and, and we'll, we'll see what happened next. You're, you're talking about it in kind of an amorphous way, though. This is essentially uh, an agreement among a bunch of people to tax themselves, correct? And, and then explain why that makes sense and what that money is going to be used for well, and the accountability of it. Right. So the other, the other thing that I think is important that it, it is actually, um, you know, there's a board. People are elected. Um, typically, you'll put people on that board that have a significant financial interest, obviously. What I like about it is that it's not through the city. And that's where I think, um, again, thinking outside the box, where it's not government that's controlling it. It's really, it's ran like a business. And um, those funds are used like a business. And so, and some of those, um, the residents there, they're actually, their assessment will go down. So they'll pay a lower tax, which is nice because a lot of the business owners, and there's been a lot of people that have said, hey, I'm gonna pay above and beyond um, what's asked of me. There's been so many people that have stepped up in the downtown core and said, we really need this. And I also think it, it shows a lot of compassion for a population that we see that is really <coughs> struggling. I mean, now more than ever, we're doing so much more with less. And certainly, you know, funding is, has been so limited in the mental health sector um, and uh, drug addiction. 
and it really is becoming certainly mayors now more than ever um, are at ground zero of those problems and um, and it just shows the magnitude of, of Reno really stepping up and saying we want to tackle this issue and really people putting their money where their mouth is. Well, who makes the decision on what the money is spent on? This board does or does, yeah. that, does, does the council have any say in it? Well the council ends up holding one seat on that board so there'll be a resident, there'll be several business owners um, so it's a collection of people that are in the BID. And so they essentially have to take care of themselves. It's, 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 it's having them buy into it so they're, right. they're responsible for it. Right. But doesn't that essentially then take an important public policy out of the hands of the people that have been elected to do it? Sometimes that might be good. <laughs> You're talking about yourself. <laughs> no, no. Mm -hmm. I, you may, who knows? Um, I think. I think it's important that people that have invested interest in, in the downtown or in those businesses have a say. I think um, actually that makes such a huge difference. Um, there are people that are elected that have never had a business. And so I think you have to have people on there that have experience that know what's best <coughs> for their business. And most of them do. You, I mean, anyone in the room that owns a business knows what's probably best for their business. And so it gets difficult when people um, you know, don't know that, that are making those decisions. So that's what I love about it, is that everyone sits on there has a, a particular interest in, in the BID. So most mayors uh, that I've dealt with, and I think most mayors anywhere, really talk about downtown a lot. Do you ever think about that, that, that there's too much focus downtown and that other parts of the city, their interests are very different and they might be, they might be neglected? How, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Well, I think um, several ways, and I think it's a I think it's a great question because a lot of people will say, "Wow, you're so focused on downtown." When we did, um, we surveyed over nine thousand residents, and the number one issue was our downtown. And really, it's been neglected for a long time. Certainly, when we went into the recession, um, a lot of things um, really went by the wayside. Just small things, you could just tell whether it was lighting or sidewalks. A lot of these sidewalks are cracked, it's not walkable. Um, and so that's what I, it was pretty overwhelming once we took surveys to see how many people were so interested in revitalizing our downtown. One of the things too is that with these ambassadors downtown, it also allows the Reno Police Department to um, be other in other sectors or other parts of the city. And so it actually sort of goes hand, hand in hand. And, and I mean, you have to realize that when people come, even if they stay you know, here or at the Pepper Mill or wherever they decide to stay, people still want to go and visit a downtown. How many of you, when you go to another city, you want to see what's happening downtown, right? It's sort of the lifeblood of a city. There's a lot of culture there. There's entertainment. There's food. Um, so a lot of people will come and check out a downtown. And so uh, that's really important that we um, you know, make a good first impression. I think that's really important. And so if, if downtown is healthier, the rest of the city will be healthier. And, um, and we know that to be a, a proven fact because um, it allows us to get more resources into other parts of the city. 
So that was a pretty good answer, but didn't really come close to answering what I asked you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which shows that you are becoming a politician. Right. I'm, uh, I'm, very, I'm very impressed by it. I guess what I'm asking no. about is that there are probably people who live in Reno, just like they live in Vegas or, or other uh, major places, that don't necessarily want to go to downtown a lot, but they have needs in their commu their communities. Right. Collin Ranch maybe 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 an example. Uh, uh, other places yeah. where they, they want certain services that they don't have, and they think that maybe all all they care about is downtown. Let's 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 just cater right. to downtown. D does that happen or not? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think you know. It, I I will tell you. I mean, the the mayor gets to hear everything, usually everything that's wrong or bad or <laughs> usually, um, and I would say the, it, it's pretty overwhelming to see the, the support for revitalizing downtown, but I think you're right. There are people in other parts of the town, other parts of town that might say that they feel like they're neglected. I don't hear that at all. I mean, not, I don't hear it much. I mean, I think it's very normal. I mean, in certain parts of the city, people will say, hey, advocate for more um, street lights or uh, more schools or, you know, I think just, you know, the typical, but I don't think we're seeing an overwhelming like, hey, you know, this area, this area, this area, like we are seeing downtown. So you mentioned being called uh, the Tesla mayor now as, as opposed to something, something else. Uh, but there, there, there are some downsides to what's going on, and, and you've talked about this, and especially the housing market mm -hmm. uh, here, the lack of affordable housing. What is it, $380,000 now or something is the median price of home? And I, I saw, I listened on KNPR, you compared that to San Francisco. Okay, it's not as bad as that. Right, 1.5 Yeah, in San but, but, but still, but still, right. this, is, this is where it's really difficult, and I think, um, well, your job is to keep the trains running on time is the euphemism. And, and, there's a line between when government can intervene and when government just has to say, let the free market go. Uh, you, you must wake up frustrated about what you can and can't do about this, right? Oh, I mean, it's great for people for who own sure. property and their property values are going up. On the other hand, there's a lot of people who can't afford a $380,000. Absolutely. It is frustrating. And, and I, re I believe that we have to put more product into, mar into the market to stabilize what's happening here. Um, and I, but I also get frustrated sort of at, at the state level when we do look at Teslas and Amazons and Apples and all those things about really that housing piece has sort of been left out and um, one hand isn't talking to the other. And then at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I don't work at the legislature where, you know, it's, it's a few months out of the year. It's for me and, and our council, it's 24 seven. So we really feel feel those issues, and um, it is it's it's it is challenging, absolutely. But and looking at more affordable housing, looking at workforce housing, I I mean I think it's it's really really important. And then, you know, there are only so many developers that do affordable housing, right? And it can be really challenging for them to apply for these tax credits to do them. It takes a long time to get. So I, I think it's important that we help streamline the process, certainly for developers that want to come in and um, put product into the market if they're going to do affordable and workforce housing. I think there's you know, certain things that we can do, certainly the city also has some land, so we might not be able to um, bring money to the table, but we could also bring land. Uh, we can also um, require less density, which can certainly help. Uh, for instance, uh, we just 
today we actually just approved um, an affordable senior housing project and I'm really excited because it's in a part of town that hasn't had an affordable housing project built in, in over 20 years. But um, it's a senior affordable project and, and they might require less parking because as you get older obviously you don't drive as much. So um, where the city requirements might say, you know, we want you to have three spaces per unit, right? So um, I think those are ways that we can look at helping developers sort of streamline the process. Do you see any sign that it's working? That, 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 because, you know, the story, the story of what happened during the recession here is a little bit different than what happened in Vegas where uh, this, I mean, there were a lot of foreclosures up here, but there was a housing bubble and it grew and grew and grew and then it, and then it burst and people talk about what's happening up here and they see it and as the mayor you must like wake up in the middle and saying you know what if that happens on, on, on my watch and there really isn't much you can do about it is there it's it's very frustrating it certainly it does keep me up at night there's it, it, it's a very very stressful I, I will say that um, it's in some ways we are, but still at the same time, it just doesn't seem fast enough. Government is really slow, and sometimes it's painfully slow. And as mayor, I, a lot of times I don't have that luxury whenever I'm trying to explain to someone why they can't buy a house or there's no, I mean, right now there's no inventory. Is anyone a realtor in this room? Raise your hand. Okay, there you go, right? There's no inventory either, right? There's no inventory in the market. So. Um, and, and it becomes obviously more challenging for people to afford homes. And, and I know people are saying, you know, that average job now that's, you know, out at Trick is like, you know, $15 an hour. And I mean, do the math. I mean, still $380,000 is a lot of money, right? So it is, it's a huge, it's a huge challenge. But there, the, the good thing is there are developers coming into the market. There's a lot of interest in this market and that's what's really sort of exciting and I keep having hope for um, that are investing hundreds of millions of dollars into this market that are ready to be doing projects. And even still, we're still, like I talk about, we're still playing catch up at the city in the recession, we laid off over 700 people. So we're, we're looking at, okay, how do we catch them up in, in planning and, and building codes? And, and then the other, you know, there's also one thing we've been working with is um, working on the county side at the health department. Um, we had to call a special meeting to work with sort of the health department and some of um, the struggles they've had. And so that can be challenging too because um, obviously the county and the city are, are very different. And so, um, and the longer you delay, it can cost millions of dollars to developers. And obviously it, it hurts the market by not getting more product into this market. Is there, I mean, how fast is more product coming on? Uh, is it gonna happen? Because if more product doesn't come on, I was not that good in economics, and, uh, but, but I, can, I can figure that, that part of it out, what's gonna happen? Right. <clears throat> it's, it's certainly challenging and, and um, I mean, are developers coming to you with innovative ideas and saying, I can't do this tomorrow because government is so damn slow and what can you do to speed this up for me? Is that, was that the kind of conversations that you're having? We, we hear it a lot, actually. We, we do, we hear it a lot. And so um, that can be very frustrating. Um, and, you know, and I'm not trying to say anything negative about my council at all. Um, we'll get to that part. <laughs> It's, it's just that um, 
you know, we talk about how critical housing is, and, and I, you know, I get it. A lot of times they, they say, hey, you know, we, we don't want to do this fast, we want to do it right. And I get that piece of it too. But unfortunately, time is not on our side. So I sort of, you know, get, get this anxiety over me that we have to really pay closer attention. And, and then I get really frustrated when, you know, at the council we talk about providing affordable housing and workforce housing and then a vote doesn't, and then it's not voted unanimously. Um, maybe, I mean, there'll be different reasons why, but it's hard for me to sort of walk away from that without feeling um, a little stung. Um, the other, one of the other issues that's come up, um, and I heard you talk about this several places, including in that same camp here interview, is this issue of strip clubs. Suddenly, everyone doesn't want strip clubs downtown and uh, you're cleaning up downtown. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. This issue is a difficult one though, right? Because uh, uh, they've always been there. Mm -hmm. Where are you gonna put them? In your neighborhood. <laughs> no. Mm. no, so um, I, here's the thing. So I think you put a moratorium on them, no more, uh, that's <clears throat> it. Um, I think we have three maybe in the city. But my, my, here's, here's my issue with it. The city wants to move them. And you know they're talking about problems that are happening inside those places. And I think that you have to be very careful of sort of having that mentality of out of sight, out of mind. Um, because then that's not really fixing the problem. Um, if What's the problem? If there's a problem, let's fix it <clears throat> inside. Um, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to say it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, but, but, well, <laughs> well um, <laughs> here, here's the challenge. Our city attorney went and did an investigation and he came back <laughs> that was not done through the Reno Police Department. And so I wonder, you know, it's, it's, I wonder, you know, at this point it's hearsay and I think it's important for the police department to go in there and see what, you know, the challenges or the issues are. Um, exactly. Some people will say, oh, it's sex trafficking, or um, there's, you know, an inappropriate, what was it, an inappropriate bachelor party. Um, and I know some people might be shocked, but I mean, I would imagine that's what happens inside strip clubs. Well, that's the point I'm but. getting at, though, <laughs> that, you know, that everyone's doing the, oh, I'm shocked, shocked to see, you know, these kinds of things going on in strip clubs, that some people might think it's just a pretext because you want to clean up downtown, you want to get rid of the, they're legal businesses. Right, well right? I right? I voted against <clears throat> it because I really believe they should be patrolled, they should be lit, um, they should be, you know, regulated, there should be, you know, stipulations that, that go along with that, just like any business, just like any business. But there, but I felt their solution was to really put it in someone else's backyard and sort of the out of sight, out of mind and not address really what those issues are. And I think um, that's the wrong way to approach it. Well, I, I guess it gets back again. I, I wanna keep coming back to this because your philosophy as mayor in terms of what government should be doing and what government shouldn't be doing in the whole image of Reno. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know some people, and I hate to say this on that in front of you, but you know, some people think that gaming you know, it was a terrible vice and that there's gaming addicts and that these businesses are, are, are purveyors of vice too and that some people might actually think they're worse than strip clubs. I know it's a horrible thing to, po to posit, but, and I'm not saying I believe that, but right. you know, who are you to be the moral police of, of, of this city? 
Sure, and, and I sort of, uh, I believe that too. I mean, and I you think- You believe everything I said about his business? Is that how? <laughs> no, but. <laughs> and I, you See know, I was born was? and raised here. I mean, <laughs> if, if I go to another city, I walk into a 7-Eleven, I don't see, you know, um, slot machines. I think that's weird. <laughs> I, I also think it's weird that I can't get a pizza at two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. How many of you guys, when you go and visit other cities, mm -hmm. it, it shuts down so early? I was just in DC and my goodness, to get something after nine o'clock was impossible, right? So I think we get sort of used to that, you know. But I, I agree. I don't think um, that that is really our position. I don't think we, we should. I mean, that that is a moral issue. That's not. Gonna but happen. but you, you talk about going to D.C. And, and I'll talk a little bit about the National Conference of Mayors in a second. But I still run into people. I've been in uh, I've been in Nevada now for almost 34 years. People who say, you, you know, uh, uh, what hotel do you live in? You know, the, the kind of stuff that I got when I and they have this they have this you know view of of, of, of Nevada and and what it's really about, that we're some kind of alien world and that it's true. You know, and so do you, do you get that a lot? Do you all have to combat that perception still? People will say, oh, for, well, first of all, they'll say, oh, you live in Nevada, yeah. and you know I hate that. That's the one like pet peeve with me oh you live in Nevada where I hate prostitution that too. Yep. is legal like they think it's just everywhere right then the prostitution is legal in Reno right. they probably well, think and the other right? one and you guys will appreciate this those when I say oh I'm from Reno and they say oh how cool you get to go to Vegas every weekend <laughs> <laughs> like I commute there <laughs> right it's just a 10 minute commute right <laughs> no bowling jokes about Reno anymore no have you ever seen the movie Kingpin? Never mind. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I mean, do you think that the, that the image of, of Nevada and, uh, is still a problem here? Because pe people seem to think we're finally over the hump with Tesla coming, with, 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 with the diversification up here that, that has occurred with Trick. Do you think we're over it? Or we never get over it? You know, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, think about it. I never, here's the thing. I, get, I am so fortunate. I get to meet with so many incredible companies, startups, um, massive Fortune 500 companies. That is something that they never, ever bring up. I've never had one that said, hey, Hillary, the strip club ordinance is, is making it so we don't want to come to Reno. I never, ever, I never hear that. So I, I don't believe that, um, that we're tainted by, by what that. do they bring up? Do they bring up education? Do, what, what do they bring up in terms of what might be negatives about coming here? Um, I, uh, a naive mayor? What, what, what yeah. is it? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh gosh, that that's a good question. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I mean, what concerns businesses? Hmm. <sighs> I, oh, I don't, it's really hard to say because right now, let me tell you something, this market is so, so hot that people are just wanting to be in this market. Um, I just met with a really big investment company in, in the retail sector um, and he was just saying, we, we just don't care, we just want to be in this market. I mean, it, Reno is on fire, um, people are, I mean, they are talking about us like like nobody's business. And of course, I'm very proud, but it also does create challenges. Um, you have to sometimes be careful of your own success. Um, and, and that does happen. But uh, right now, I mean, I, I would say some, some of the things I'll hear is, you know, how do we sort of cut, cut the government red tape? 
Um, I, I, you know, and I think that's just because I'm in politics. I'll hear, I'll hear that is, you know, hey, Mayor, can, can we get this done faster? Um, I'll hear that quite a bit um, with certain businesses that are, you know, wanting to come and, and build here. So it's, but it's really hard because I, I have to tell you, Reno is, I mean, if you, the last year we have been in so many national publications that we're really sort of that city that people have their eye on right now. They say that still that all, all politics is local, and you've had you've been grappling with this issue that I think you've never thought you would have to grapple with, and it's come right in the middle to some extent of the whole Me Too movement, where you've had these allegations in the city of sexual harassment. You've 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 had a city manager who who left. Uh, you've had these investigations. Uh, you, you've. Uh, had uh, 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 these lawsuits now that are going on. You've had this city attorney who uh, uh, you mentioned earlier who's essentially gone rogue and essentially has gone publicly. And I, I don't see, I, I've known you a long time, I don't see you angry that, uh, that, that often. You seem very angry. He essentially you know, wanted uh, uh, this woman's workplace lover uh, history. Uh, obviously, you're a woman. You have your own feelings about mm -hmm. about all of these things. You've probably experienced sexual harassment uh, uh, yourself. This is this has to have been a searing experience for you, both as a woman, as a mayor. I mean, it's it's really upset you, hasn't it? Yeah, it, I mean, it really does. I mean, whenever part of the problem too is that um, I think it gets very convoluted on you know, our city attorney is elected. So it gets difficult on who, who you start to question, well, who do you work for? Do you work for the council? Do you work for the city attorney's office? Or do you work for the constituents? And that's why I, I called a special emergency meeting um, because quite honestly, this council has been left out of the process. Um, you know, I, I don't like it whenever I get phone calls at 11 o'clock at night when a story breaks and and we are finding out that motions have been filed, um, questions, certainly inappropriate questions have been asked. Um, I, quite frankly, I was disgusted by that question. It really bothered me. Um, and so uh, I really wanted to address it. We, um, this council has really been left out of the process. And, and so I, and I guess I've always looked at it as, you know, you represent us, but I don't think that that is what he believes. And I think that's where the disconnect is. I think council feels differently, and he feels one way, and we feel another. So I know this lawsuit's going on, and you may be limited in what you can say, but do you think, as the mayor of the city, that mistakes were made inside city government and all of this? Absolutely. And again, I think that's whenever you come out and you say, we made a mistake, and, and we're sorry. And um, that's you know one of the reasons why I wanted to call that special meeting. I mean, it was an inappropriate question. I thought it was in, not just that in though. very bad taste. But I think you know we we have made some mistakes. Um, you know, there was also allegations of Councilwoman Dewar, um, you know, being involved in this conspiracy with these other people that were involved, and um, you know, she found out about it in the paper. And it, it, it doesn't seem like everyone is on, is on the same team. And so I think this council has a lot of concern of the direction that it's, that it's headed. And I've asked him to recuse himself. Um, and unfortunately, he said no. So. And there's nothing you can do. He's a, he's a duly elected official, that's right? That's right. He's elected. 
And, and that, I think that's frustrating too, because I think a, lo a lot of the public doesn't know that. I mean, people will just walk up to me and say, you know, how could you ask that kind of question? Or, you know, they, they don't really realize that he is elected. And so. They think maybe you instructed him to ask Absolutely, that. that's exactly what they think. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess, I don't want to spend much more time on this, you'll be happy to hear. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess I'm just wondering though, because I know it's been a very difficult uh, issue for you. This, I, I'm sure you have some feelings about this whole Me Too movement and you feel that these women should have their voices heard. On the other hand, there, there, there are people who are going to be accused uh, 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 because people have different agendas. Uh, and, and so, and you have to protect the city a, 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 as well. Uh, where is this going? Um, it, well, and I think it's another, it's also a different philosophy. I'm, I'm one of those that I think that you always get into a, a, a room. Certainly, I've been involved in a lot of lawsuits now with the city and um, there's this mentality right now to we can win everything, we can fight, we gotta fight, we gotta fight, and then it just costs more, more and more and more money. And I think that you, you have to sit down and be very level-headed. And I think the fact, if you always think that you're right, um, that's where I've noticed you get into trouble. I mean, we, we thought we were right in, in other cases 100%, and we went in there and came back with a completely different um, outcome than what we had thought originally, and it cost us a lot of money because we believed we were so right. And I think that can get you into trouble. Nevada courts, you can't predict what they're gonna no, do. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly can't, right? <laughs> I wanna talk about a few, a few other issues with you uh, in the time we have left. And, and uh, we, we talked earlier about how you are a registered nonpartisan, uh, uh, and people are always trying to figure out, you know, is she, is she really a Democrat? Is she really a Republican? Uh, but you do have some strong views uh, on issues, and sometimes you're willing to speak out uh, about them. And now, in the wake of, in the, uh, you already were, were on this, this national mayor's group, Mayors Against Ill Illegal Guns, I think it's mm -hmm. called, and then in the wake of Parkland, you, you, you have been very disdainful of this idea of arming teachers. You think that's a crazy idea. Uh, is gun control something you feel very passionately about? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, look at what's happened. I mean, it's really unbelievable to sort of see this, this movement that's taking place. Um, and I was just reading a really interesting article about how they're talking about this demographic is so t tuned into social media that they can really sort of move the needle. I mean, I think this is the first time I've ever seen it move at all or a little bit, or it seems like maybe we'll get something somewhere, I don't know. But um, it, I think it's very concerning. I mean, these are teachers. Um, so I can't imagine that, I think we have to reevaluate ourselves if we're saying that we need to send teachers to school with guns. Um, I, I think it's really it's scary. Just, so. Took them 45 minutes to clap for something you said. <laughs> I, <clears throat> I bet the under. Thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> that's just because people feel. That's just people because people feel very strongly about this issue, including, including you. And, and, yeah. and I'm just wondering, as mayor, you you have a bigger voice than anybody else, essentially, in Reno to talk about issues like this. Do you think, do you think to yourself, well, maybe this is something I shouldn't talk about? I'm not talking about gun control, but any 
major national issue? Are, are there certain things you, you've just decided you're going to be a spokesman for? For instance, I'll bring up another one. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the issue of prescription drugs and, and deciding that you're going to be a, a municipality that's actually going to say we're, we're, we're going to sue. And, and prescription drugs, <clears throat> excuse me, and mental illness, which is obviously mental health and not something. You've decided as mayor to go out on something that usually the leader of a municipality might not. Mm -hmm. Well, if you know me and I get really passionate about certain things, um, that's, that's one of them. I mean, that is one thing that the mayor um, is fortunate to have is the bully pulpit and that can be, it can be pretty strong. So I'm grateful for that. I also, you know, during this whole shooting incident, you know, you would see a lot of tweets and things like that and I just, I couldn't even bring myself to tweet because people were saying, you know what, it's time to quit um, tweeting or talking, let's do something, right? And so um, it really got me, it, it just got me thinking that we, um, there's a lot of things that we say but not what we do. Um, but also, I do, I'll get very passionate about um, mental illness and the opioid crisis, um, the ACA. So I, I, I do get vocal, but sometimes if, if, you, if you're not hearing me, it doesn't mean that um, I'm not really passionate about it. And anyone that knows me, if I really believe in something, they're like, oh gosh, watch out. When she's mad, she's mad. Because it takes me a lot to get mad. It really does, right? You guys know this. And then when I get mad, they hate it. They hate it because I'm really, really mad. But I think it's important to um, to stand up, and it, even if it makes you uncomfortable, it's it's important, you know. Um, I, I also think not everyone has to like me. I understand that. That's the the best part about the country we live in, is that um, we are diverse and we all have different issues. And I can certainly respect other people's issues, even if they're if they're not my views, certainly. And and um, and I also that's why I am a nonpartisan. I always vote people, not party. Always, always, always. So. Um, have you talked to the governor at all about mental health and, and mental health funding and how mental health is being dealt with or not dealt with in this state? Well, and I, part of my frustration is, again, I, I don't think the legislature works well with local governments. Part of my frustration has been that a lot of legislatures make um, a lot of laws that end up affecting us at the local level, and we weren't even part of those conversations. And cities, we are dealing with them 24-7. The legislature, you know, that's, it's a totally different dynamic. So I get very frustrated. Um, I will say this is the first time we're having conversations. We're looking at the NAMS campus um, for doing um, some, some mental health initiatives that I think are, are really, really important. I have a lot of respect for Governor Sandoval. I think he's done a tremendous job. I think um, that's one thing about him. He's always uh, very, he's a class act, he really is. And I think he, he cares tremendously. So it's actually been nice. This is the first time that we've sort of worked with them on um, doing some mental health initiatives. And it's, it's so incredibly important now more, now more than ever. Um, and I just want to ask this because I was speaking to to a group. How many of you um, have someone in your family that deals with mental illness? Come on, raise your hand. I should raise both my hands. <laughs> if I had a third hand, <laughs> right? It's it's an overwhelming amount, 
um, <coughs> of people that um, are affected by uh, mental health issues. And we just have to do so much more, so much more. Do you think the legislature just looks down on you? And I don't mean you, Hillary Sheevy, but on local governments? Do you think <laughs> I don't mean you, <laughs> Hillary Sheevy. <laughs> um, I think it's getting better, but I think there's sort of this, there's this underlying, you know, stay out of our way. And I would like to see, and I'm going to push for it now more than ever, um, someone who, are, who I work closely with and I respect him a lot, has done so much for the city of Reno. He's here tonight. He's going to hate me for embarrassing him, but Scott Gillis has done an incredible job. Um, but he has done an amazing job, but I just, I. Are you saying he's running for the legislature? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the news I get to Breaking. Get on <laughs> Scott Gillis <laughs> runs for Senate. Um, I, I guess I just get super frustrated. I mean, here I am, the mayor of a city. This is where I, I, I just can't figure it out, that we don't have like a, I don't know what you want to call it, but a gathering or a symposium with the governor, with the senators, with the congressmen. Um, that doesn't happen. We don't get in the room. And that creates a really, really big problem. Um, I actually have to say, um, Congressman Amaday uh, was nice enough. We were, you know, we've really been looking at streamlining infrastructure. And he was very gracious and said, hey, Hillary, I want to get everyone in the room. And that's the first time I've ever had that happen. Um, other than that, I think we get very disconnected. But we could do a much better job working together. Because we really do go hand in hand. But there has, there's sort of this mentality that, local governments are, you know, sort of over here. And that's really changing. I mean, mayors all across the country are really at ground zero on so many issues. And so that's why Conference of Mayors has been so vocal about having access to the White House. When, during the Obama administration, I mean, we were invited um, every, at every opportunity. It was constant. We had, you know, I mean, cards, you know, we could call direct to the White House. I mean, the access was incredible. He, but was it just lip service, or did they actually pay attention to you? No, they no. That he was he was fantastic. Their administration was was unbelievable. I will say, I mean, they were very very accessible, and it's obviously very different. But um, one more thing about about. Uh, Conference of Mayors. You, you, you were you were made chair of this committee, uh, uh, this tourism, tourism, arts, parks, entertainment, and sports. I, I gather tapes, tapes, tapes committee. Yeah. I think they just did that just so they could be able to have that. It that, was that called acronym. Apes, yeah. I guess. Is that right? It was right. called Apes. Before I got there, it was called the Apes, apes Committee. Uh, uh, no you, tourism. You put the T in tapes. <laughs> they okay. Put the T in tapes. <laughs> uh, what, what's that doing? Is it doing anything to help Reno, help Nevada? What's it doing? It is. I, I, it's a really exciting committee. It was um, actually chaired by Mayor Landro of New Orleans. How do you say New, New Orleans? That's how the no, New Orleans. That's no, how they. Yeah. That's how they say it. Because he gets mad if I don't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> just like I expected to pronounce Nevada correctly. Um, and so he's done a lot, a lot of work for um, tourism and arts and parks and entertainment and sports. But what I love about it is that. Um, I think you know we get to focus now, obviously, on some gaming issues, legalize, legalizing um, sports betting, things like that. So um, I, I think 
they're really excited to have someone that comes from uh, a gaming state. I'm, you know, I'm excited about that. But I also, uh, I just did a big Burning Man presentation. We talked about the $70 million economic impact that Burning Man has on our community. And it's really interesting to watch mayors <laughs> when you talk about Burning Man, because they're like, what? What is this burning person? <laughs> so um, I actually invited several of them out here uh, for in, uh, in September. They're going to come out and take a visit, but really looking at uh, the economic impact that arts has had on our community. But it's a, it's a really cool committee because I get to represent mayors from all across the country in Washington and, and on other, and, uh, other initiatives. So I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm the first woman to chair in, I don't know, 30 years. So I'm kind of excited about that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You mentioned sports betting. I'm, I'm wondering what the discussions have been on that committee because there's there's still this big court decision that's pending right. on, on whether it's going to change. Do, do mayors of these other cities, are they open to it? Do they think it's a good thing if it gets more widespread or not? Yeah, they, a lot of them have been very vocal about it. Matter of fact, so that, that committee is one of those committees that actually gets the, more, the most engagement. And, um, and mayors are really involved in, in that initiative and they've been um, really supportive. So um, we'll see what happens. Let's talk about some politics before we uh, Isn't say Isn't that goodbye. what we've been talking about? No, no. <laughs> um, and, and I alluded to it earlier and I don't, I don't wanna go too much into, into it, the specifics of it, but uh, we've talked about how nice you are and how maybe a little bit naive you were coming into this and you've now got what a lot of people see as some real personality clashes on that council maybe what some people would even call dysfunction and i'm, I'm wondering if hillary Sheevy at some point went from the we are the world attitude uh, towards this to i just got to find four votes and i'm <laughs> and i'm wondering if that if that, if that has changed well, I think that anyone that sits on a board says, I just got to find four votes. <laughs> um, As opposed to saying everyone's just going to vote with me because I'm so nice and I'm the mayor and well, right. every vote will be seven nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. No. That hasn't happened. No, it, that doesn't happen. And, and I actually, you know, I completely respect my council for being very independent thinkers. Um, absolutely. Euphemism I get, alert. <laughs> but I, <laughs> um, of course I get frustrated. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's really hard for me to understand why someone would vote down an affordable housing project. I get really frustrated. There are days I absolutely go home and I say, what was I thinking? Why am I doing this? I'll feel, you know, completely defeated. Um, it, I mean, that happens. Absolutely. What gets you to come back? <laughs> when you feel that way, I mean, because I, I bet you do feel that way. Uh, yeah, absolutely I do. I mean, oh yeah, and I take it personal too. I, I really, because I care so much. Um, but I think, you know what, the next day, honestly, you'll have a little girl walk up to you and they'll say, you know, one day I want to be a future mayor. And that is really <coughs> inspiring. And then you say, okay, this is what it's about. Or being able to do an initiative that really changes someone's life. Um, you know, that is, it's pretty powerful and it just makes me really grateful that, that I'm here to experience it. I mean, one day, I mean, it's moving by so fast. And again, I still think, wow, it, it's, 
I never thought I would be the mayor of Reno, but I love the city more than anything, and, and I'm a huge champion for the city, and you know that's what mayors do, and so I do think that um, it's, it, it fits well, but at the same time, it certainly, I'll, I do get defeated sometimes. Is the council manager form of government uh, a good form of government, or is a strong mayor form better? Well, I mean, I think it depends on, you know, who you ask. I mean... I'm asking a mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I personally think we should have a strong form of mayor government. I mean, it's no surprise that I went, you know, I went to the legislature and I brought that up. And a lot of, I haven't talked about this a lot. And I, and I would say that a lot of people probably don't know about this, but I did speak to the chair and it was something they never wanted to bring up whenever the Supreme Court... Um, decided that the mayor is the same position as a city council person. I, I, how many of you in this audience think that the mayor is the same position as a city council person? Right? How many of you? Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's the mm -hmm. same? Yes, I do. You mm -hmm. do? Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Give it up for Mayor Kroll. Don't you love him? Love was, him. Was there, was there a Supreme Court decision on the mayor being the same as <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with that decision. I think, well, I think it's incredibly misleading. It's, it's very misleading, and I'm the only one that has held that position besides, I, I believe, Mayor Sferaza. We've both held um, city council positions and mayor positions, and so we, we understand the decision. You mean in Reno? Right. And the other thing is that the charter has not defined who represents the city. Now we've gone to ward-only voting, which is really difficult for me because what, what happens is um, ward members become very entrenched in sort of um, their own wards and it becomes, oh, you know, my ward, my ward, my ward. And I think it's important for the entire council to be concerned about the entire city, right? So it's not defined really even what, what does the mayor preside over. That wasn't even, even really defined. So. Um, for me, I, th I think it should be a strong form of mayor government. I think it's an important role. I think the voters think it's an important role. I think the mayor, the, the voters want to hold someone accountable and it's the mayor. So uh, that gets a little frustrating because I don't think people realize the way that, that the government, our government works. Um, you know, when people approach me in a grocery store, uh, it, you know, I can't just walk into public works and be like, hey, get this done. I mean, there's a whole process that you have to go through whenever you have a strong form of city manager government. City manager has a lot of power, a lot of power. And really the only one that we can control is the city manager. So what about your political future? Uh, there are people who have wanted you to run for other offices. Uh, uh, maybe even this year, uh, uh, there's been talk about it. Do, do, can you see yourself? Uh, you are running for re-election. Uh, uh, you're sure you're going to file for re-election? <laughs> even after this experience? Uh, no, right. <laughs> um, do you think about running for anything else? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I'm so focused right now on Reno, and we've got so much to, to do that um, I, I want to just really focus on that. I think one day I would love to maybe be at the legislature and do something certainly for mental illness and drug addiction and, and things that I'm really passionate about. That would be great. I also think the structure of, you know, they become very part-time. I mean, I think that th that should be a full-time position. They should be paid uh, full-time. 
you know. Um, so that they can really put their heart and soul into it 24-7. I, I believe that. Um, and also, you know, and maybe there's not conflicts between, you know, what, what your job is or who you work for during the off time or whatever. Does that happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, I, honesty, <laughs> politics is stressful. It's a very, very different time. I will say it's a very different time from what it was three years ago. It's a very um, interesting time to be in politics. Um, politicians are not well liked. Um, there are times I find myself, <laughs> I find myself in public and, you know, it, it just, it can be a little overwhelming because someone will, you know, literally walk right up to you and start yelling at you or um, I've had a few scary instances at City Hall and um, just, it, it's a different, it's a different time. Scary instances meaning? Oh, uh, just um, threatening uh, you know, threats, uh, death threats, I've had death threats. Um, you know, there are times that, uh, and you're so accessible too, as a mayor, I mean, you, and I, and I wanna be, I think that that's really important. But at the same time, um, you, you know, you kind of have to be aware of your surroundings a lot. And it's, so it's just, it's different, it's different. But at the same time, it, it's, it's worth it. If you can make a change, it, it really is worth it. So I try not to think about that a lot. And then out of the blue, someone will, you know, run up to you and scream at you for, you know, believing, you know, in, in LGBT rights or something to that aspect. And so it's, that's a little odd. It's a little, it's, it's a little scary. Disconcerting, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. sure it is. You know there's another office in Carson City besides the legislature where you can have a big impact on <laughs> issues like you know, <laughs> mental illness. And, you know, are, are you aware of this? <laughs> I'm trying to keep some of my hair in. <laughs> so are you going to endorse in any of these big races this time? I mean, do people come to you for your endorsement? Uh, I'm sure some of these gubernatorial candidates will. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe other races as well. What's your policy? Um, honestly, I don't like to because I am a nonpartisan. Um, so I, it's just one of those things I, I, I don't. If I feel strongly about someone, I, I, I will. Um, if I really, really feel strongly about them. And I, I have endorsed, um, and I've endorsed Democrats and Republicans. So um, sometimes people are, are surprised by that. But like I said, I, I vote people, not party. So when do you do it? It's just if you feel strongly enough about the person, you'll just say, all right, I'll, I'll do it in this case. How does that work? Well, um, you know, here's the thing. They don't have to agree with everything that, that I believe in. That I also don't want to see. I want to be able to have a healthy debate with someone. I don't want someone to be in a box with my thoughts. I mean, I don't think that that's right. I mean, again, that's what I love about our country. Um, that otherwise we would all look the same, wouldn't we? If we all wanted to think like everyone else. Um, matter of fact, Devin Reese is here, and I, I endorsed Devin Reese when you ran, right? And I don't believe with everything you say. <laughs> How much did that help him? <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. So you don't want my endorsement. <laughs> that was irresistible. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Anyhow, uh, Hillary Sheevy, thank you so much thank for doing this. Please so give her a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for coming. And give a big round of applause for Mr. John Ralston. <laughs> and you guys all become subscribers, right? Yeah. So can I ask you a question? Uh, can I stop you? How, are you going to be on MSNBC anymore? Give us, like, what's, what's going on with that? I go on there occasionally, not, 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 not as often as I used to, though. I know, but you use a hashtag, we matter. They like that. They yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Think, I think because of the Senate race and, and, and is going to be so important in the national picture, they'll probably have me on to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But it's much, it happens much more in presidential election years. Okay, well, give us some insight on um, the governor's race. What do you think? What did this just turn into? <laughs> I want to know. What do I think of the governor's race? Yeah, tell uh, us. You want to give us some predictions? What's going on? Uh, the governor's <laughs> race, here's how I see the governor's race. Uh, I, I think that the uh, Democratic primary is going to be unbelievably vicious once it really gets started. And I think that Steve Sisolak was raised a lot more money than Christian Kiliani. Uh, uh, is going to have to spend every dime probably to win that primary, and, and I think he plans to. Mm -hmm. And I don't think everything that he spends is going to be on positive commercials. Um, and, and so uh, I still think that she has a chance to win that primary. Mm -hmm. uh, he's hired some of the best people in the country, but she's, all of you know, who've been around Nevada politics for a while, she's been steeped in, in, in Democratic politics for a long time. She knows all these people. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Not everybody likes her, yes. but she she's- She have a base up here. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm not saying she's going to win, but I'm saying that it's gonna be very ugly, and I think whoever comes out of that primary is going to be very, very badly wounded. And while I don't think Dan Schwartz is a gnat, uh, he's, he, and he will be uh, obnoxious for Laxalt. Laxalt will win that primary, will have a ton of money and an unlimited funding source. And so I think he's a slight favorite. Mm -hmm. I do think that the national atmospherics will matter. And, and if indeed there is, people want to say, oh, there's a democratic wave coming. Uh, it's definitely going to happen. Look at the generic ballot. I think it's way too early to make those kinds of determinations. I mean, you had Donald Trump today publicly come out for three huge gun control uh, initiatives that must have driven Wayne LaPierre to you know, uh, go crazy. So who knows? And I, I don't think Trump can do much to make his numbers come up, and I think there probably will be a big year for Democrats, but that primary for governor is going to really, really hurt them. I don't care what they say. It's going to really hurt them. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about the Senate race? Um, well. Danny Tarkanian, as usual, started up here. <laughs> and he's here. He's very good at this. And so I originally thought that he would actually beat Heller. I'm not so sure anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, D Dean Heller uh, uh, shouldn't have won in 2006. He shouldn't have won in 2012. And he shouldn't win in 2018. But he won before. He's never lost. Uh, Jackie Rosen has been in. in politics uh, for even less time than you have been. She, she's mm -hmm. not very experienced. But if it's a Democratic year, it's not going to matter. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I don't count Heller out, but he is, uh, he is a master of the self-inflicted wound. And so I, 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 don't, I, I don't. Tell us how you really I'm, feel. No, I'm just <laughs> Anyhow, that's all the time we have no. tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is.